All right, welcome everyone to the first episode of the Be Do Tell podcast. The first one ever. The first one. We're very excited here. I'm your host, Spencer Chandler, um, and every week we're going to have a different Be Do Tell member on here with me. Uh, and this week we have Mr. Luke Clevenger yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Hey. hey. How's it going, Luke? I'm here. So uh, we're going to introduce ourselves and what we do on staff for a little bit. So uh, I'm Spencer. This is my first summer on staff at Be Do Tell, and I am the sound geek for the summer. So uh, that's you know kind of what I'm doing this summer. Luke, what about you? I am on production, but on Monday night you'll see me in a little drama, and then I sing a little bit, so it's just kind of everything, but I'm on production. He's <laughs> the heartthrob of the yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week, uh, this is not just going to be me and another staff member. We're actually going to have another guest on here this week, and so this week we're delighted to have Mr. Chip Dean on here. He's our mm. speaker for this welcome. week at Caswell, so welcome on to the podcast, Hey, man. Chip. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you two are crushing it, man. The sound's <laughs> incredible, Spencer. I mean, you. I've never heard yeah. More crystal clear sound in it my is. life, That's and right. uh, and and Luke, man, your intro on Monday night. <laughs> listen, for I those of y'all fine. that are coming, or those of you that saw it, man, he uh, he steals the show, oh, bro. Man. It is thank like you, thank you. it's like straight greatest showman <laughs> for Jesus. We were, I mean, so, we were we were talking for like two weeks before during our um, training weeks, and we were saying, Luke, I just want to let you know that you're going to get the most Instagram followers out of anybody oh, else on the team. He, he's the oh Hugh Jackman of, yeah, absolutely. of, uh, of oh, man. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, no. we hope we we think that maybe Luke will maybe try out for the band next year. Uh yeah, that is the hope. Is the hope maybe? Um, that I'll be up on stage? That's where my heart is in worship. That's but, cool. Um, nice. Maybe. So well, well even though we've been here all week, just real quick, Luke, where are you from again? Um, I'm me. from South of Raleigh, um, in south the Garner Raleigh, area. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So Very cool. Spence near Charlotte. Charlotte near Charlotte area. It. Yeah, I love it, oh. man. North so Carolina, baby. That's Absolutely. Right. Uh, and then Luca actually leaving this summer because he's going to be uh, yep. after the Liberty um, University to study um, worship leadership, actually. Let's go, yep. man. Mm-hmm. I love me some Liberty. That yeah, is a I love great Liberty place so much. to go to school. That's right. I've got a lot of students that go to Liberty that really? graduate out of my student ministry and out of our church. And yeah. I've got a lot of people, a lot of pastors uh, on my staff, on my teams at my church yeah. that have graduated from Liberty, man. Top notch, bro. It is the best school, you Top know. Top notch, so. no doubt. Flames, <laughs> baby. Flames. That's right, that's uh, yeah. right. I, I can't say my school has like 1,100 people on campus, so <laughs> I go to a kind of small school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what yeah. school is that, Spence? Like people, people hanging, man. Where well, you at? I go, to, I go to UNC Asheville. Asheville, Asheville yeah. Carolina. I'll be in Asheville this weekend, really? man, for our, my wife and mine's seventh anniversary. Nice. And so I'm taking her to the Biltmore. Oh, yeah. cool. So you've probably been a thousand times. I have not, actually. Because she, uh, I went a thousand times as a kid. There, yes, so. I've heard it's like the staple field trip. Oh, yeah. If, I mean, so if you go to the funny. mountains and you've never been, you kind of have to go. Yes. I think it's required by state law or something like that. Right. Um, right. So, I love, Well, we'll be there, and my wife's a real estate agent, so I'm hoping she can put the actually the Biltmore House on the market. We can get a little oh. commission out of it. Oh, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. You get yeah. quite a I'll buy. <laughs> <laughs> then if I can I retire. The <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good. That can speak camps the rest of my life, That's man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Asheville's beautiful. I love it up there. Good, um, especially if you guys go in the spring, I would recommend yeah. going in the spring when everything's in bloom. The blooming, yeah. Oh, it's so well, good. We'll talk about this later, but I'll need some food recommendations for sure, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll give you food. some at the end of the podcast. So, Chip, why don't you just, uh, can we just get a little bit about yourself, some yeah. background on you so that the listeners know who they're talking to? Yeah, for sure, man. So, uh, so first of all, just born and raised in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, where the University of Alabama is. Sorry, everybody, but roll <laughs> tide. I know we, being mm. at the top, man, you get hated so quick, <laughs> oh, so yeah, easy, but, oh uh, 
but that's where we're at right now. And um, so I grew up there, raised there. Uh, God called me into ministry at the age of 19 and called me into student ministry. I became, uh, I, I went to Bible college for that, went to Baptist Bible College in Northeast Pennsylvania. Um, I went to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I did it. I've, I've moved around like crazy, man. I've, I've lived in Michigan. I've lived in Texas. I've lived wow. in, uh, like I said, Kentucky. I've lived in Indiana. My family now lives in Florida. Um, but now I live in uh, just outside of Virginia Beach, Suffolk, Virginia. I'm a part of a church there that we have six campus, six campuses in Hampton Roads, which is 1.75 million people wow. in Hampton wow. Roads from Williamsburg down to Virginia Beach. And uh, man, we have seven student ministries uh, total in all those six campuses, uh, seven student pastors. And wow. man, we're just trying to make a difference, trying to make a dent in yeah. hell. And, uh, and man, just watching teenagers be saved and be called and, and be sent. For sure. That's Man, that's what we want to experience. So my wife's name is Michelle. Like I said, uh, our seventh wedding anniversary uh, is this weekend, June 14, and we've got a little girl by the name of Brooklyn Rose that we got to adopt. And, uh, man, God's hand is just on this little girl's life, and we love her so much. I'm so blessed to be Michelle's husband and Brooklyn's daddy, man. Life is so good, y'all. Yeah, we've really loved having you here. And, like, speaking, you're – uh, one thing that I've been talking to a lot of the guys about when it comes to your your the way you, that you preach is that I always love pastors that don't hold back, yeah. especially, <laughs> especially sure. well, especially when it comes to no uh, filter. Well, especially <laughs> when it comes to, like the crucifixion, because wow. I feel like if you don't understand exactly how brutal that is, you right. cannot really mm-hmm. understand the sacrifice that had to be made. That's right for that. Right. And so I loved when you preached on the crucifixion Praise the other God, day, yeah. and sure. the detail. Like some people may find it graphic, but I think it's needed to be yeah. able to really understand it. Man, so it is grotesque. Yeah. Absolutely. It is gory it's mm. brutal i like that word that you used and uh you know it's something that we try to depict in movies but the right. greatest telling and depiction of that story is the word of god mm-hmm. yeah and uh and i believe that the spirit works through his word more so than anything else so right man, yeah praise god i'm glad that he used it yeah, yeah i uh so the question that we wanted to kind of discuss this week is we've been a little silly here in the beginning but we're kind of <laughs> trying to get a little deep here today uh and it's going to be what is what do you think chip is the biggest problem facing teenage christians today you know we're coming out of this covid uh pandemic you know this covid crisis we've had over the last year people are finally getting to go back into the real world and do what they've wanted to do um what do you think it may not even be covid what do you think is the biggest problem facing teenage christians that's good that's good i just want to say if they hear anything in the background it's because they are (laughs) They are uh, fog in this room, because man. Of COVID. Because they take because of COVID. seriously around That's here. Right. This is camp. We're not perfect. We get to have and camp. So we get to have camp, yes, man. Sir. So we are all about it. So check it out. Here's what I believe. Um, I believe the greatest problem that is facing teenagers today, honestly, is what they are up against, right? I mean, they are just living in a very difficult world, a very difficult society in living for Jesus. I think that there is... Uh, I think there's more, uh, I think they're really experiencing, I would say, a lot of um, a lot of difficulty, mm-hmm. a lot of aggression against their faith, right? But I'll also be honest and tell you this, I don't think it is necessarily more than any other generation. Mm-hmm. I just think it's more because it may be what seems in this generation is more than the last generation is what it seems. But man, to be honest, when we read the Word of God, there have and, and we watch church history and we read church history, man, there has always been persecution. 
There has always been um, isolation for Christians. So one of my favorite verses, in fact, I would call it my life verse, is Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only that I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, y'all, if I can just talk a couple stats real quick, all right? Yeah. It's a great book out there called uh, The Great Evangelical Crisis, okay, by John S. Dickerson. And what Dickerson says is uh, the majority of Christians believe that probably uh, our country is about 50% Christians, okay? But he said when you start doing the actual research, when you start doing the actual stats, see, John S. Dickerson was a Pulitzer Prize winner from what I understand, from what I remember, um, because he was a writer for the New York Times and different newspapers. He became a pastor. So he's a very learned journalist, so he knows how to do stats. He knows how to do research and all this type of stuff. So here's what's crazy is he said when you look at the research, when you look at the stats that ask the right questions – In other words, when you ask people gospel questions, is Jesus God? Is the word of God fully true? Did Jesus die for sin? Did Jesus bodily, physically raise from the dead? Is he coming back again? Must you believe in him as the Lord of your life? When you ask gospel questions, he said, we find that somewhere between 9 and 8% of Americans believe the gospel. Whoa. Wow. That's crazy. Shocking. Around 8 to 9%. And he even dwindles it down to where the teenage generation is probably somewhere between 2 to 4% mm. of teenagers believe the gospel. Mm. Now, Gen Z gets a bad rap, right? Yeah. I mean, All Gen time. Z gets <laughs> dogged. Oh, my gosh. We thought millennials got dogged. Right. Gen Z is getting trashed, right? Yeah, it feels bad sometimes. And it's true. I mean, we do see less Christians in the Gen Z generation than any other teenage generation. But here's what we find, and you can look it up, you can read it, study it for yourself. We find that those who are believers in the Gen Z generation are more serious about their faith than Hmm. any other generation. It's fascinating. So here's what I believe. I believe that the greatest enemy of this generation, the greatest difficulty that they face, I believe is, honestly, is is selfishness. Hmm. And it's what we all face. Self-centeredness. It is the greatest enemy of all faith in terms of, Paul says, I do not account my life of any value. My life, I don't account it as precious. That's what sin is. We all want to account. That's why Jesus said, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. It all ties together, right? And so I think the greatest enemy is always our sin is always our temptation, is always the deception that the devil is bringing into our life. He says, I can't value or count my life as precious, but only that I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel, the grace of God. It's the same thing that happened with Eve. Eve listened to temptation, to Satan, instead of listening to God. But Jesus listen to God, listen to his Father instead of the temptation of Satan. Same temptations. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Same temptations. But Jesus listened to the voice of his Father, and that's what teenagers must do today. Not just listen to their pastor. Not just listen to their youth leader. Not just listen to their camp speaker. 
but to listen to those voices so they can tune in to the voice of Jesus and the word of God on a daily basis. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing with like when you talk about the temptation that our generation has is that we also have such easy access mm. to Man, no doubt. so mm. many Whew. different things that can just scary rot yeah. brains. Well, that's what I was gonna no say doubt. was brain um, rot. I mean I we talked it. about talked about selfishness and talk about um just like the persecution, you know, like you said, like persecution wasn't hasn't necessarily changed the amount right, of it. Right. But I think we see it so much more yes. because, and it's it's a lot easier in a sense because we have access to no direct communication. That's right. Um, and and you can be selfish a lot easier. You can have uh, you can rot your brain like you just said, like much easier because all oh, it's half away on your phone. Yes. Culture can turn much more quickly on something, right? Because of the rapid. Uh, sweeping effect of social right. media, right? Yeah. And people can jump on bandwagons. I saw a meme yesterday that said, some poor guy is sitting by a waterfall without a phone right now, not knowing how mad he should be. You know what I mean? And it's true. Like, right. man, we plug yeah. into our phones yeah. and we believe everything that we read and, and we feel the emotion of society and culture that we don't even really know anything about. Right, for right? Sure. And, uh, and so, but you're right. You're right. Um, politically, things can change so quickly. Mm. Culturally, things can change so quickly because of sho- social media. And so teenagers need to remember that um, in our society, in our culture, man, we need to be faithfully committed to Jesus and not be found against him, but be found with him because Jesus has already won the victory and the yeah. war has already been That's decided. Mm. Yeah, That's good. It's, it's just so easy for us to get wrapped up in what Especially as teenagers, you know, we're growing up, we're trying to figure out what we want, and the world is telling us one thing, and no it's definitely not correct mm-hmm. most of the time, and we then log on to our phones, go on to social sure. media, and it's right sure. there again, mm-hmm. and it's just continually in, and, uh, you know, the internet is not a great place to go on and just, you know, oh, look, there's Jesus, you know, on the right. internet, because right. that, does, that doesn't happen. You mm-hmm. don't just go on the internet and be flooded yeah. with the gospel. You're not going to surf around and get flooded. Right. Yeah, that, right. That is exactly yeah. right. And so, I mean, we ha- you have to make a conscious effort to be about, you know, getting the gospel into your life and living that mm-hmm. out and so that other people, because the only way that we're going to really That's be able good. to share That's the good. gospel is to go out and do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because if you yep. post it on Instagram, people aren't going to care because yeah. there's too much other it's stuff. It's white noise, man. It's yeah. white. Not that we shouldn't. Not that we shouldn't. Right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It needs to be a part of the feed, but that, that can't be what we depend on. Yeah, exactly. Almost. And, and yep. Spencer, I just think you made such a, such a great point, man. Um, the pressure that teenagers go through today is unbelievable. There's no doubt. Society pressure, political pressure, cultural pressure. But I will tell you, um, I believe the pressure in the life of a teenager today is preparation for their adult life. Mm. Because the pressure in a teenager's life today is more personal pressure. Mm. It's pressure of reputation, right? It's pressure of identity. But in in an adult's life, uh, it can be career pressure. It could be a very deep pressure. It can be a not just career pressure. It can be a pressure that affects a, a pressure that affects their family, a pressure that affects their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so, when a teenager trusts God in the midst of personal pressure, and they get to see that God come through for them, then they learn when they stand up for Jesus as an adult that God will come through for them and God will provide for them because the pressures can be greater or just different in their life, and a lot more can be riding on it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, Luke, do you have anything to say about? No, yeah, I think it's, the, the, we had a, a drama here um, about the pressures off. Yes. 
um, and I know people listening may or may not have heard that, um, but it just talked about different scenarios and situations. One guy, you know, his dad uh, was causing family issues, and mm. and one one had a was an abu- abusive relationship, and right. the other one was cutting herself, and she has uh, self harm, and um, and then it's just so it, it just reminds people and it connects with people because we have and face so many pressures and different pressures in life. Um, and we have to find our identity in the right thing and the right person, which right. is Jesus and the gospel. Yes. Of course. Yes. Amen. It, That's so good, Luke, yeah. man. You nailed it, bro. You know, one thing that I found it just, I mean, you guys heard I'm from, I live in Asheville right now. And so a lot of people <laughs> up there really like to put their identity in political stances. Mm. Um, that is very evident up there. But at the end of the day, uh, if your politician doesn't win, then now you your identity you have to you're like struggling now right, because right. Mm-hmm. now you don't have anything to like look towards and to be like well right. you know whatever Absolutely. but there's only one you know let's you know be really theological for a second there's only one identity that you can ever put yourself in that is never going to go away that's yeah, forever and is eternal come on Spencer. and that is yep. jesus Preach. christ you want to preach tonight man your identity i'll give you the mic no i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you do you that there. i'll step there Spencer. I'll, let, I'll, I'll stay in the booth i'll stay that's in the booth so good. And but it's so true good. man people i think the reason that people latch onto politics is because politics becomes their religion oh yeah like, we were sure. created to have a faith we were created to believe in something bigger than us and we were created to even though we can't find it outside of jesus christ to desire unity yeah it's so funny how much that the political pressure today is unity but yet they're dividing Mm. to try to get unity Mm -hmm. it's fascinating Uh and so the reason that they spencer that Asheville, you know in other cities and and all around our country man that they're latching onto politics maybe even more than ever right and dividing between one another is because created in the image of God and we want to believe in a a system that's greater than us but we're created for the system of the gospel which is completely different than religion completely other than politics although the gospel should invade the way that we view Mm. politics without a doubt but but man that's why we've got to show people there's something greater than politics to devote your life your conversation your thinking and and just your whole trajectory toward yeah yeah and I think that's just something that we as I don't even know if it's Gen Z or if it's, you know, millennials or the parents of the Gen Zers who just don't teach this kind of stuff anymore. Like it's so hard to pinpoint where this fell out because at one point people were teaching their kids or at least being like, Hey, here this Mm -hmm. is, you can choose whether you want to do it or not. At some point they just stopped altogether. I mean, that's, that's, that's such a great point. Politics I believe need to be a a point need to be within our personal discipleship. Ah, yeah, yeah. need to be a point of disciple. It doesn't need to be our discipleship. Mm, right. I think too many homes they watch Fox News more so than they do family devotions, mm. or they watch CNN more so than they're listening to worship music. Right. Right. I think there are too many homes that focus too much on politics. We need to be informed. We need to be biblical voters, without a doubt, no doubt Absolutely. about it. But politics does need to be a point of our discipleship, but it does not need to dominate our discipleship either. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I know personally I'm, I tend to get political, you know, in my own way, sure, but it's sure. all like I try to form my beliefs as well as I can, yes. my political beliefs off of my, you right. know, biblical beliefs. And, yes. like, I feel like that's how you should go about mm. doing, you know, f- deciding your political stance. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of people just, like, once you don't have those – Biblical beliefs, your political beliefs are going to be just Man. way out there. Yes, let your biblical beliefs 
uh, make sure they are informing your political mm. your political yep. stances, not the other uh, way, the way around. around. Put that on a T-shirt. And I think a lot of it is um, the parents' lack of of investing in that ideology right. because right. the world says you know live out your truth right yes. it's all we're all about today we're all about your truth right and how your That's truth right. is different from my truth and and it, they can be conflicting which in of itself is contradictory because truth is truth right. but right whatever um exactly. and so we have to i think the parents it's, it's, it starts in the homes you know right. and it starts with investing in the kids and um you know letting their like you said like the biblical beliefs mm directly affect political beliefs and, and any belief in general not just politics but how you just live life in general just yes. that has to come from biblical beliefs both you guys are preaching tonight you both get mics well <laughs> and we're also we're also in this in this day and age we're so afraid of offending people that we don't want to go out and tell them their beliefs are right. wrong right and which that I mean that's not how we should be approaching it anyway. <laughs> like right. we're, we're not called to go to people and be like hey your beliefs are wrong here's yes. why yeah. it's to go this is my beliefs is why I believe that and mm-hmm. Like it's it's said all over the gospel is that we can't change people's hearts, only God can change hearts, right. but we're called to plant the seeds. Right. So we go out there, we preach what we know, show it to people so that then they can know it, be convicted, and then God will change their hearts. Yeah. So check it out. If you're listening right now, you know, if you're a parent, if you're a teenager, if you're a youth leader, if you're a pastor, whoever you are, first of all, um, man, I just want to give a shout out to all the parents who are discipling their yeah, kids. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Who, who are taking this seriously, who are pointing their, because we, by no means do we ever want to throw every parent under no. the bus. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but also, so a shout out to those, but, but I would just want to encourage the teenagers out there. Yeah. When you are focused on um, investing in the younger generation, Spencer, Luke, I love that you're here because you are giving your life, not just living, you're giving your life here at camp this summer when you could be out at the beach every day right. or making a lot more money <laughs> with a summer job right. or, <laughs> yeah. or, or getting you know ahead on your classes or whatever, but you're here investing in a younger generation. And I believe that when you experience that your life is not about your life, it's not precious to yourself, right. it's about what Jesus is calling you to do, Acts 20, 24. Like you guys are doing, you're investing in the young generation you are preparing yourself to be a dad one day, mm. mm-hmm. and you're preparing yourself to see to say as a dad, it's not about my my kids serving me. It's not right. about just somebody cutting the grass for me, right? Right, <laughs> man. It is about me leading them to know Jesus. And I'm telling you, the way that you're investing this summer is going to shape you as a father one day mm. in the way that you see how you want to shape mm. your kids. And so, if you're listening, that needs to be our posture. That needs to be our passion as a believer in Jesus Christ, investing and shaping the next generation, yeah. especially our families. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, if we don't, we're going to end up the same as we yep. are in this situation right now, where nobody, you know, where you said the 2% of Gen Zers truly believe that Jesus is. Now, remember, know. man, when you say that, we know that missions, when missions goes to a country or a people group, when they have 2% or less, or less than 2%, it is called an unreached people group. Wow. So could students today wow. begin, not yet, but could students today, teenagers today, begin to be looked at as an unreached people group? Now, That's crazy. I don't wow. know the exact statistics. I don't think that anybody does because, you know, research can do such small groups yeah, right, right. in research. Exactly. But let me say this. I do think that youth pastors, youth leaders, student pastors may need to start looking at themselves more as missionaries than student pastors. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the both end. So a student pastor is discipling 
the students he has in his church. Mm-hmm. But he's discipling them to be missionaries, and then he himself has to go and be a missionary in the culture. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to go into the schools and be like a missionary. A missionary just doesn't just arrive to the city and just start, boom, preaching the gospel. Necessarily, it depends on what God calls them to do, and it depends on right. you know the nature, the culture that's happening. But, man, it is about building bridges. It is about loving. It is about serving, and it is about winning the right to be heard. And so I think that student pastors need to do some mission work in their mm-hmm. city, in their schools, in that teenage culture so that they can reach more students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I know that that's what God called me to do. Yep. And to be honest with you, when I first came to the church that I'm at now, LibertyLive.Church in Hampton Roads, Virginia, there's a school next door to our campus, our church campus, and uh, and this school is actually Allen Iverson's alma mater, where Allen Iverson played basketball, and and there was an FCA that was happening. It was an FCA of seven kids in a trailer in the back of the school. Wow. And so God called. This is not anything we did. God called my wife and I to go. We went to that trailer every Friday morning on my off day <laughs> at seven thirty in the morning, and we took donuts. Yeah. And yep. we just loved on these kids. Yeah. And to be honest with you, man, we had seven kids the first week. That semester, it grew to about, we outgrew the trailer. We had to go to the chorus room. It grew to 40, outgrew the trailer. Then it grew to 100, outgrew the chorus room that we were in. We had to go into the gym. Again, we just kept serving donuts and just telling kids about Jesus. In our last FCA of that year, there were over 300 kids in the gym that had come to get a biscuit, praise God, even Jesus fed the people, right, with <laughs> right, the 12 yeah. basket full. We are Baptists. Man, yeah, we are Baptists. Let's go. So it was Bojangles, just to be honest with you. Bojangles so, man, and uh, over casseroles. 300 students, let's go, Spence, over 300 students came wow. to hear the gospel That's of Jesus crazy. Christ, man. And I'm telling you, man, God has called us not just to be student pastors, but to be missionaries, mm-hmm. to reach our culture for Jesus, and to think like a missionary, to think like a missionary, but but also to pastor like a student mm-hmm. pastor. Wow. Come for the biscuits, stay for the Jesus. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's a t-shirt right there. Or catchphrase put on a sticker. I don't I care what it, it is. Uh, ne- merch for next year, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I man. love that so much. Just love that so much. Praise Chills. God, man. Yeah, I know I was part of a, like a, it was called YCI, Youth Commissions International, yeah, when I was yeah. in middle school. And I was a leader in that. And my seventh grade year, when I started leading, we had 50 people come to that and then my eighth grade year we had eight right the opposite way it happens yeah we went down and i was like just discouraged i thought i had done something wrong i thought something like that and then i left and i was i had been like helping this other guy coming up below me to be like hey this is how to lead this this how to lead this right the next year he had 150 kids come on in that group it just kept growing throughout you led him to lead it the next year so bro sometimes remember remember what uh Goodness gracious, uh, the Word of God says, I mean, I'm trying to remember, is it, is it Philippians, where he says that we water, right? Some water, some sow the seed, and some reap, right? Reap the harvest. And, uh, man, just what an unbelievable reminder that sometimes we're not the ones who is reaping. Right. Sometimes God is calling us right. the one to sow. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in people's lives. I've seen the same guy lead a ministry that has a massive amount of teenagers or, or attendees, mm-hmm. and then it, then it dwindles, and he's got a massive amount. And remember, in John chapter 6, verse 66, 
John 6, 6, 6. John chapter 6, verse 66 is literally the verse when it says that the majority of Jesus' followers walked away. Or the crowd, the crowd itself walked away. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was dwindling the crowd down to the to the disciples. Mm. And there are often times that Jesus does that and he kind of resets the deck, mm. right? And we've got to be faithful when he gives us a lot mm. and we got to be faithful when he gives us mm-hmm. Because the point is, what is Jesus doing in our ministry? Right. Absolutely. And I'm sure like a, a small group of people can be discouraging too. Um, you know, no when, when you don't see the... The, especially when you put a lot of right, effort into right. it and it's just not, yes. but then you said something great about, you know, you got to be faithful because those people that are still there also need, you need to be just they matter. As going as hard as yes. you have hundreds and hundreds of students. Yes. And sometimes we think that the, uh, the crowd is better than the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, because the crowd gives us more popularity. The crowd gives us more likes. The crowd gives us more follows. The crowd gives mm-hmm. us more notoriety, Absolutely. but there are times that Jesus is saying, you're so focused on the crowd, you forgot the core. Mm. And you got to focus on your core because here's what happens. When we focus on the crowd, Christianity becomes an event. Right. When yep. we focus mm. on the core, Christianity becomes what Jesus called us to do, a disciple-making movement. Mm. Jesus didn't call us to an event. He called us to a movement of disciple-makers. Yeah. So we've yeah. got to – we can have crowds, but we can't forget the core. Right. Yep. Well, sure. my church at home, um, one thing that I really love that we've preached forever is that the numbers that we care about are not the number of salvations we have in a year, but the number of people that we have who are actively pursuing missions in a Come year. On. That's so That's good. the numbers that we care about because those I are the numbers that, that are making more numbers. Right. That's it. Yep. Dude, so Spence. That's what we need. Yeah. Wow, that's so good, man. For so sure. many more churches need to do that, man. Focus yep. on that number. Exactly. Amen. Mm-hmm. So good. You got another question for me? Yeah, we're just going to have one more, one more question for you before we end out got, this man. episode. And it's just, it's pretty simple. What's your favorite part about Caswell Camp? This is your first year. This is my first right? year here, man. That's crazy. This has been unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Luke and I have been coming for, I've been coming here. This is my seventh year coming, my first year on staff. Right. I've so. been going since all through middle school, all through high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my first year on staff. Wow, so. bro. Long time. <laughs> hey, congratulations, man. You made it. I know, I made it. <laughs> Man, that's so good. So my favorite part, for real. Man, I, I'm just going to be honest. First of all, the campground itself. I, I had no idea this Beautiful, place was here. It? Unreal, awesome. man, Beautiful. with all the Love the it. brick, stone, mm-hmm. forts, and, yes. and the beach, and the water, and the sand, and the I mean, it's uh, and then the buildings, and this this auditorium is is beautiful, man. God's I, I love that God's hand is on this place. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that God has called Mary Johnson. I can't remember how many years God has called this her. This is her 20th year. Yeah. 20th year this year. Yeah, yeah. so we're having her, we're go. gonna have a reunion this oh year. Oh my yeah. gosh, 20 um, years here at Caswell. Praise God, man. Yes. Um, so I love I love the consistency, right? I mean, obviously it's just built off of itself every yeah. year, and God is just maximizing that. Uh, man, I love the the B do tail band, BDT. Man, the band, the worship's killing it, the production. I'll tell you one thing that not every camp does anymore. That has just been what a reminder for me this year. Mm. That has been um, really a reminder of how powerful it is. Mm. I think uh, so many camps have turned to conferences. And uh, there's something here, I say this in the the most positive of ways, there's something here about Caswell that's so campy. Yeah. It's so campy. Mm. And and it's, it's, it's so similar to a camp that I grew up in. 
right, going to. And I love the dramas because, um, man, I believe in the preaching of the Word of God. I mean, you know, Paul told Timothy, preach the Word. But there's something about teenagers getting to see a, a lifestyle before them in the drama that is so unbelievably powerful. Man, I'm just, I'm loving every part of this. But I think one of my favorite things, and y'all, y'all, y'all have experienced this here with me this week, um, there's been a couple of things that, I, that I've said that just in speaking so quickly that came out the wrong way. And I love the fact that um, people caught it and they said, hey, do you, you said something. Do you believe that? I'm like, what? I said, That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't mean to say <laughs> yeah, it that absolutely. way, right? And, and right. here's scripture of why I don't even believe, right? And I love that people are listening. Mm. Yep. And I love that people are testing what they hear with the Word of God. And even as Christians, that we can have conversations and hold one another accountable. Mm-hmm. And to say, hey, look, this came out. This is not what I meant. So I love what God is doing at Caswell. And he is saying, let's test everything that we hear with the Scriptures. And let's hold one another accountable. Right. And let's make sure that what is preached, what is taught, is, is clear doctrine from the word of god i've really appreciated that about this camp because everybody makes mistakes right yeah right but man that we bear with one another Mm -hmm. and we grow with one another and as leaders we have to be vulnerable we have to be humble we have to be transparent we have to be honest right we have to own our mistakes and uh, man i've just really appreciated that here this week yeah Yeah, i mean that's i mean that's what we have to do when you're at a i mean especially here we're preaching to people who may have never heard it before so whatever they hear they're going to believe right right. and so the fact that other people are there beside them who are helping them to like Mm -hmm. question these things and to you know be able to think things through and it just shows that they're listening and that's awesome so good and i love what you said about like the dramas too because those always um i'm a little biased but i always love every every, all all the teams and everybody who's there Uh, but this year's team has just been so good and the drama has been so good because they were relatable and even if you haven't gone through that instance or through the situation in the drama it's you know you hear about people's situations people's stories but to see someone portraying someone going through that story you just connect with it more you know um and you you see and you understand um a little part of where they're coming from um, so I love the dramas in that sense too, and, and I love what you said. You're so open into um, taking feedback and to taking oh, no that doubt, um, constructive criticism because you know, like you said, as leaders, you know, we're, this whole B to Tell team is a leadership. You yes, know, yes. we have to be humble and we have to be open for that accountability because um, it's super important in the church um, and, and just any in general for everything. You just have to be humble. We have um, to be, man. As yeah. leaders, if we can't allow people to speak into our lives, then um, we're taking advantage of our leadership. And our leadership has become about us, our pride. And so we, like Jesus, Jesus humbled himself to the cross. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to live like Jesus, then we can't value our lives as precious or as valuable to ourselves, Acts 20, verse 24. And so it's not about us, man. It's about Jesus. For sure. Well, Luke, what's been your favorite part about the week? Oh my gosh! Um, I just love you the, have to choose the con- oh, hmm. um, the connections that we've made so far because it's a little harder this year um, because of COVID. We can't do so. We usually do small groups and stuff like that. Got it. Sure. Um, yeah. Normally the Beater Tell team are the one. We are the ones yeah. who normally teach small groups. Got it. Yeah. And so we'll have like a group of like ten to fifteen different campers right. just right. under us, and we'll be teaching them, and that's a really great way. Yeah. Um, but we had that because of COVID, we couldn't do that this year. So because Very of that, cool. we can't mix churches, and that's why we can't have small groups. Um, but the little things 
throughout the week, um, having interaction with campers as much as possible. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, I, I, another night we went out to the pier, um, and there were campers over there and they had asked if I could sing truth be told for them again. Um, <laughs> and it was just, but it was just so cool just in general. Um, not that they wanted me to sing truth be told, but the fact that that resonated with them so much mm. and the fact that they just, they just loved hanging out with us. We sat and talked so for just cool. a minute and it was just cool just to see, um, and, and to experience, um, you know, their life and to hear what they had to yeah. say and, yeah. and position that we're in and just having those connections because they even become more precious because we don't have Bro. that time and small group with them. So every little interaction, I just, I just Absolutely. love so much. And Luke, that shows, that just shows hum- the humility of Christ in you, man, that you could be like, Hey, another chance to perform, yeah. you know, I'm right. stuck behind <laughs> this camera. I want to perform. Right. But, uh, but bro, um, Man, just to see that you are ministering to campers in that way and using gifts that God's given you, but making it about Him and not yourself is real right. cool, man. Yeah. My, I mean, my favorite part has easily also just been any kind of interaction we get. So, like, my we do track time still, yep. where mm-hmm. we do like games or we do some kind of talking about right, a specific topic right. with the campers. We can do those outside. And so, like, yesterday at my track time, we had like 10 people over there mm. and it was the most amount of people we've had i think um and it was just really I nice to get it. to talk to him because i'm up here in the booth all day so i don't yeah, really get to sure. be down with the campers yes, and i don't yes. get to be you know interacting with them as right, much because right. i'm busy up here um and so it's just really nice to be able to be with them because also whenever you're able to talk to them it kind of bumps you down a step because we That's don't right. want them That's to right. see us right. as like as sure. like people who they can't talk to. Yes. So yeah. as soon as we get to talk to them, it, it's very humbling because now they're like, oh, well, they're just like me. And that's yes. what we want them to know is that yeah. we're not any different than them. Yeah. We're just a little bit older. <laughs> that's about well, Spence, it. I got to commend right. you too, man, because again, you're given your summer to be behind the scenes. And yeah. man, that this is a humble For position, sure. but it's so cool. Is this the first podcast of Be, Be Do Tell ever? Is yeah, that right? It is. Mm-hmm. And it's because you have a podcast. Yep. It's your, you're bringing it here. And man, you're bringing your gifts that God has given you to, in order to bless this camp, you know, with this podcast, bro. And so, man, I just want to commend you for the ways that you are humbling yourself before Jesus and serving behind the scenes because that takes a lot of humility, man. That's super cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. I agree with that. Well, I think that's going to just about do it. We've been going for a little bit longer than we originally <laughs> <laughs> anticipated. Good conversation, we go. right? <laughs> hey, enjoy it. Let's keep going. Let's go. Let's just go. kidding. All right. Well, we're, we'll uh, like to thank everybody for listening to this episode. We yeah. think that this was a very good episode. And can, uh, if you, I will recommend that any teenagers, please share us with your friends because yes. we think that this message that we Chip talked about today is just very impactful for the youth generation. So please share us with your friends. Um, we'd like to thank Luke for being a guest host thank on you. this episode. And we'd like to thank uh, Chip for being on this episode My this pleasure, week. Guys. We very much yeah. enjoyed having you at camp this year, and we hope yes. that you come back and preach next year. Man, I, listen, whatever the Lord wants, I'm all in. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah. once again, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Beater Tell Podcast, and we'll see you hopefully next week on the next episode. Bye, guys. See ya.